0: Clear insights, refreshed with vectors on global events. Tune in
1: for a balanced view of the other side of the news.
2: And welcome, welcome to the other side of the news. Tonight we have an amazing show with our amazing guest. Etienne de la Boutier-Squared. The show is called Humanity Rising, and co-hosting with me tonight are Timothy Saunders and Annette Driscoll, and myself, Kintia. So we are definitely at a crossroads. That's what I'm noticing. We, the people, are waking up. Attempts to illegally rob us of our freedoms are now being met with strong opposition by us. More of us are resolutely speaking up while digital lawyers comb the internet to expose the deep state's criminal activity. Parents under Biden, classified as terrorists, are rolling back the mask mandates by taking legal action against school board members. Business owners and residents are resisting the Philadelphia health officials, forcing them to end a mask mandate just four days after it was reinstated. Yes, the people are waking up. Many now understand the mandates are not laws. Only Congress can make a law and Congress didn't vote on this. And so we don't have to comply. Oh, yes. The deep state is getting desperate because Their vaccination policy is not working. Obama's out there saying, oh, it's safe and effective. But now the people are looking at the peer-reviewed studies, and we're not falling for it. The findings of a Harvard study published in the European Journal of Epidemiology with a contradictory title, Increases in COVID-19 Are Unrelated to Levels of Vaccination Across 68 Countries, and 2,947 counties in the United States. Yet, it goes on to say that countries with a higher percentage of population fully vaccinated have higher COVID cases per 1 million people. Notably, Israel, with over 60% of their population fully vaccinated, had the highest COVID-19 cases per 1 million people in the last seven days. And by comparison, Iceland and Portugal, both countries that have over 75% of their population fully vaccinated, have more COVID-19 cases per 1 million. People of countries such as Vietnam and South Africa that have around 10% of their population fully vaccinated. The dark forces continue their desperate plans to terrorize us with planned food shortages. Isn't it amazing that since the start of 2022, 16 major fires have occurred at key food industry facilities in the U.S.? Can anyone explain why absolutely massive fires just keep erupting again and again at critical facilities all over America? such as the tragic destruction by fire of the headquarters of the Azure Standard in Oregon that shocked millions. Their plans are failing because instead of complying and becoming more docile, we're becoming fueled by our growing anger as we witness their criminal activities against us. We, the people are banding together to be heard after two years of suppression and undue cruelty. The voice of the people is getting stronger as more and more wake up to the government crimes against the people. The momentum is getting stronger. We will no longer be denied, nor will we simply accept the blatant lies of government officials that have betrayed us. We are a growing movement of freedom fighters, and our voice is being heard around the world, and millions are waking up to claim their sovereignty. Timothy, Annetta, what do you see?
4: Well, I see a lot happening. Uh, very, uh, There's so many things happening that it's hard to track at all. There are things coming forward that we've talked about for years, and now we're finally seeing the, the fruits are ripening on the tree, so to speak. Um, things with uh, certain criminal individuals and families being called out and brought forward, court cases going forward, a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, investigations currently underway. And the thing about these investigations is it's, it's tough because a, a true, real investigation doesn't have leaks and it, you don't hear much about it. You just have to have a faith that, it, that everything is proceeding. But I can guarantee that when you aren't hearing about it, that's the real investigation. When there's all kinds of leaks, that's when they're making something up, which is what these investigations are are about, about making things up, like that there's actually COVID or Russia, 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 or, you know, the laptop from hell isn't real. Well, you know, it's very easy to make up propaganda. It's really easy to, uh, you know. Make up all these lies because you don't have to have any evidence. It takes a while for truth and facts to surface sometimes, but they always do, and that's what we 're really seeing and I, I it's fabulously exciting anyway uh, let's see. I want to tell a little personal story so just before the show, when I was driving home, I had been all day helping a friend who's needing to move out of a place, and she's suffering a bit from some uh, mental confusion and it's a pretty rough move because she's not quite clear with everything going on. And so I've been doing that the last two days. I was really worn out and just uh, tired and I'm driving home and I'm in, it's Friday, I'm in the San Francisco Bay area and it's Friday and I'm at a part portion of the freeway. That's like, you know, I think it was like nine lanes wide right there. And we're just in stop, mostly stop and go traffic stop. And all of a sudden behind me, I hear the boop, boop of the state highway patrol. And I know I'm not speeding because I'm stopped. So uh, anyway, I knew what the problem was. I had expired tags. There's a long story behind it. Mostly I have some issues going on that I don't, I can't afford to fix right now. So I just was, you know, my heart sunk because you know, there's all kinds of things that can happen. They could actually tow my car away and just leave me standing there if they wanted to. So anyway, the guy comes up, the guy comes up and he, and he's really nice. So I I wanted to talk about this because it, because the, you know, the law enforcement agencies or the peace officers, they're getting such a black eye. So this guy comes up and he's very pleasant and I was pleasant back. I mean, I'm a nice person and, and, you know, I'm not going to be rude to him and, and I'm, I'm the one in the wrong here. So uh, anyway, he, he you know goes back and checks everything and you know comes back. Right. anyway he could have he could have given me a ticket for a number of things um but he said I'm going to be nice because you know I feel like you're you're really trying because he asked me about what was in my car and I said oh I said this is stuff from my friend and I said I'm gathering it up to donate it to some homeless shelters and things like that so he he could see what I was doing in the car and um anyway he goes he gives me this. He gives me a fix-it ticket we have in California, which just means you have to fix it. It doesn't cost anything except for the fixing of it, right, which in this case is really expensive. But anyway, he goes back to the car, comes back again, and he says, you know, I've been looking. I, I found this last week on the sidewalk, and he says, I've been looking for the right person to give this to someone who really deserves it. And he sat there, and he handed me a $100 bill. And I wanted to tell you guys about this because – it wasn't the only thing that happened today. There were many things with humanity that were so positive and so um, generous with people, people coming together to help other people and uh, you know, just being kind to each other. And I'm seeing so much more of this. And I actually was in San Francisco the last couple of days and I, I saw, actually it's not the same over here where I'm in the East Bay right now, but in San Francisco, um, which is about twenty minutes away, there actually were people more people without masks than with masks i was I was so excited about this uh, because we 're still very a lot of masks over here that 's kind of depressing, but anyway, I just want to share that, and that you know things are turning and things are feeling a lot different here it's, the whole thing 's shifting, and you just I, I would say just be on the lookout for good things and, and expect good things and they, they appear and uh, we're, we're totally on the right track and we are winning this war. So I'm going to hand it to Timothy because I know he's got stuff to say.
0: Well, that's, uh, that, that's a great story. Good evening, by the way. Good morning because it's pretty early here. And uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by a couple of other points. I mean, I hear, I hear things are winning, but I think it all depends on what perspective you're, your taking. Uh, I think one of the points that's really dominated the, the news for the last couple of weeks is how, uh, Elon Musk has uh, first of all attempted to buy, uh, this, this thing called Twitter, um, which has quite a following and then it was denied. And we heard that Vanguard, um, would come in and, and, and step in and, and buy it for in, in his place and we all know what vanguard stands for and how big that that branches out into in the uh, the networks of the uh the, the planet
4: into um, everything
0: <laughs> well yes absolutely so that that is uh, that was interesting how that suddenly came out of the, the murky depths and, and it showed its face for momentarily but then suddenly uh, that disappeared and it looks like Musk is back and just by adding another, I think it was another three million, three billion, excuse me, three billion dollars, uh, was able to secure the deal. So I think that's very confusing and and also it, it's very unusual that it was all off and then it was all on a week later. And then now Musk has been hailed as a sort of new religious icon almost, like sort of a second coming or something and he's bringing, uh, what is it, the ex- extra Doritos that are missing from most packets and <laughs> all sorts of other things, as well as solving SpaceX, maybe selling, uh, solving problems with in, uh, the HLS and all sorts of everything. He, he's kind of like the Swiss Army knife of, of fixing things at the moment uh, in, in the media. But at the same time, I think it's also a question of looking a little bit more closely and I think he's asking people to actually sign up with their ID. So isn't Twitter going to be part of his new um, sort of virtual passport or or, digital passport? While people think they're they're speaking absolute freedom, they also are signing up on the dotted line with their, you know, their, their, their digital ID. Because also in the background, I I note this week, and I I cannot verify this 100%, but, well, what can I say? I was quite surprised to say quite an obscure article showing how Elon Musk has been investing quite some time in his own little mRNA uh, vaccine company. Um, It's a company which apparently has shrunk down the machinery required into what I think is called a micro-laboratory. And so instead of, you know, some people, some companies, the big pharma companies having these huge um, laboratories, he's he sort of shrunk everything down apparently into these, these little more manageable sizes, I don't know if it's the size of a truck or the size of a, a desktop, I really don't know. But either way, what I've learned is from an article I heard that it's shrunk down, which means that it brings the possibility to create mRNA vaccines uh, to many more people around the world so i'm i'm highly suspicious about elon musk and you know from his claims of saying 100 people can fit in this starship going to mars when i think you'd be lucky to get about 15. i don't even know where you would put 100 spacesuits if you had 100 cupboards in there for the spacesuits let alone the people the water the infrastructure the food the other systems the beds the toilets the uh the toilet rolls even. Um, You've got to have toilet rolls because presumably they're going to have, uh, you know, um, COVID scares on the way as well. But anyway, seriously, uh, that is something which dominates the the news. And I think that the wool is being pulled right over people's uh, eyes one more time. So that's where I'm coming from this morning.
4: Well, you know, Timothy, I I have to totally agree with you. Um, I listened to a really interesting interview this week, and it's 28 questions about uh, Elon Musk that, you need to ask yourself and i can post that one up in our links but uh it brought up some very disturbing stuff and the thing that i have to question is when everybody when they when they've got your on the media when they're all working in unison together to get you to look over here you really need to turn and look the other direction anytime there's this huge agreement about oh elon musk is the hero he's the good guy well maybe not uh, that's what I've learned. I mean, maybe I'm just super skeptical, but, yeah, I would agree with you. I I, I have some very serious questions about that. And uh, also, you know, so much stuff is being played from both sides, and what we call this, you know, uh, double espionage, triple espionage, quadruple. I don't know where we are, but it's very confusing. And um, in the end, I think that everyone has to learn to use their own discernment and tune into that. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you.
0: Let's look into it more carefully. I'd like to see a document as well. You mentioned
4: Yes, yeah, very interesting. Yeah.
0: Very Yeah. The, the other point that really caught my mind, um, this week is in fact, I only heard it yesterday was the, the fact that the British government has now offered, um, UK citizenship to basically Zelensky or Alensky as you call him, his family and uh, friends not all of them, but some of them, and selected members of the SBU, uh, which is the sort of joint uh, intelligence and security force uh, in, in, in Ukraine. And uh, some of his sort of, um, I guess, acting and, and TV production and mafia-type buddies. So in one step, they've been given citizenship from the UK, which means, I guess, if they do need to step back uh, to safer ground then they can run their government from the UK that's, that's very kind of Boris Johnson
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah well a lot of stuff coming out of uh, the UK the, the numbers were very interesting that they released about their triple jabbed individuals um, and uh, fascinating and in fact uh, they if you take the numbers of the people that are Not jabbed, jabbed once, jabbed twice, and you you put those all in one group, and you compare them to the thrice jabbed group. Uh, At best, in anything, in any of the categories, the people in the thrice jabbed group are twice as likely to have things such as hospitalization, um, serious adverse reactions, uh, heart attacks, etc., etc. But some of the stuff goes up um, uh, five times, and some of it up fifteen times. It's it's really really very difficult information to overcome and that's you know and that's actually looking at people that are that are jabbed uh just just fewer times than the, the the three three jabbers i don't know how people that are doing four jabs are still walking i'm not sure but um yeah that came out of the uk this week too very interesting so there's a lot of odd things with the uk right now as far as there's a lot of truth and there's a lot of subterfuge at the same time
0: i didn't see that article and so how, how are the numbers affected I, I didn't see the comparison between any of the numbers so what would be your summary just well, to close that
4: uh, well I, I don't have it right in front of me but one of them for sure is that so they take other uh, the group of uh, the first group which is all three types of individuals so not jabbed jabbed once jabbed twice uh, they put those together as a group and they compare it to the three times jabbed group and the the rate of hospitalization for people that get covid well, people that get COVID twice as much. The rate of hospitalization is twice as much also, but when they get to the death rate and things like that, it's at a minimum of three times as much. So these, you know, the the buildup of this toxic stuff is, is really devastating. It's, it's uh, super scary. I mean, it's not anything that we haven't been talking about for the last two years, (laughs) but uh, yeah, there it is right out there in public. And that's coming from, um, I don't know. It's one of the, one of the organizations. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and, and get to that later in the show. I'll find it. Okay. For you thanks. Guys. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Indeed. So, Cynthia, uh, so yes. thank you very much. <laughs> well, How has your week been?
2: My week has been very full. I've basically been with family and, you know, witnessing the up and down. I wouldn't, um, You know, I consider every challenge an opportunity, so I'm facing a lot of personal opportunities with my family (laughs) and uh, doing what I can to keep them safe, even though, you know, education-wise, I mean, as far as uh, what's going on, they're kind of sleepwalking. They're getting better. They are getting better, but they're still sleepwalking some of them, so...
4: I did find that information. So the data was extracted from the United Kingdom um, Health Security Agency, the March uh, 2022 report. The sample size is for 63,130,000 people plus some. Um, and uh, there's several ways to look at it, but there's the another way to break down those numbers. So um, for example, a COVID death within 60 days of a positive test. So for people that, so this is a little different breakdown on this particular chart, but eight eight percent of the people that are unvaccinated have that, as compared to the other ninety-two percent are the people with the vaccine. That, that's pretty tilted. Uh, another one is deaths during um, each stage of the vaccination status. So um, they have uh, six. So the people that are unvaccinated are seven point nine percent first or second vaccines are 16.8%, then the people with three vaccines account for 75.4% of those deaths. So that's a further breakdown. So all of these numbers are pointing to the same stuff. You get the job, you know, you're you're just increasing your your chances of of dying. Another report came out this week also about uh, the cardiovascular issues, and it is a 15 to one ratio. So that's really bad really bad. You just increase your rate of your chances of of having a cardiovascular issue by 15 times by
2: taking even one dose. So what I find so distressing is that I have friends who partners have passed away from these other quote diseases or illnesses, never had heart problems before suddenly has a heart problems gone. Doesn't want to look at the possibility that it could have been the vaccine. There's just wow. a lot of people who are in denial. They, they they don't want to feel that they've made the wrong choice or they've encouraged a loved one to make a wrong choice. Yeah, well I, this. Oh, no, sorry, go ahead. No, I, it's, yeah, I have two dear, dear friends that their husbands are gone mm-hmm. after taking the vaccine. One of them is now beginning to say, well, maybe it was that. And she lives in Iran, and the other is uh, living in Arizona right now. Well, another
4: version of that I was going to say is that uh, you know when children die, and I and I I'm sure this has to do with that guilt thing, but when children die after having these vaccines, and they die of like a heart attack, which children don't die of heart attacks, and, and there's lots of things they're dying of that they shouldn't be dying of, of course. But uh, one of the things that's going on is they just die and it's like oh they're just they just die nothing happens well you know when a kid dies of cancer or has a heart issue they, they put up foundations they make things in their honor they do all kinds of stuff right that's the typical thing that happens but these kids that are dying after being vaccinated it's like it didn't happen it's almost like oh yeah they just died and that was it people that's the mass that's the mass formation psychoses that was you know that you know hit the news and that kind of dropped back, but that really is that brainwashing, and you can see how, how incredibly um, powerful that is to be able to do that. I mean, these people have lost their children, made a decision in many cases to have them jabbed, and then it's like it didn't happen. That's just right. Wow. Wow.
2: I even saw an ad that was for some kind of heart medication, and it was like this young girl is on the soccer field. And she drops mm. down from heart problems. They're trying to make that normal. normal. Yeah. Like that's normal. <laughs> you know, another
4: one, that, just so that, you know, Pfizer came out with this, this drug for alopecia, which I think I'm saying that right. I'm not sure, uh, which, which is basically her hair falls out, right? And, uh, y- you know, they knew that that, I mean, they, that was in uh, that little report I refer back to all the time that the, the uh, Pfizer presented to the FDA back in October 20th of 2020. This is the fourth. The vaccines were released on the public, so they knew about this. But it makes your hair fall out, and a lot of people are losing their hair. I don't know if you – I'm kind of looking around. It's like a lot of people are losing their hair. But anyway, um, that's one of those things. So here they come out. That they knew, of course, because they've had the patents on all this stuff, a lot of them since the beginning of the, of the century, uh, many of them, if you track it back. Mm-hmm. David Martin, by the way, if you're interested in uh, any of that, with the patents, check out David Martin's work, incredible stuff. But anyway, uh, yeah, they've got, what they do is typically they'll come out with the drug to solve the problem they just created. And this is, you know, one of those that was uh, in in our history that was really rampant was uh, using the the statin drugs for cholesterol reduction, which has zero proof that that's actually has anything to do with the cardiovascular issues. By the way, there's not a single study that, you know, verifies that. But the point is, is that they came out with, what'd they come out with right after that? Well, they came out with Viagra because unfortunately, when you take that drug, you know, your parts stop working if you're a man. So then they come out with Viagra to fix that problem. This is very typical of the drug industry. So look around and, and you start looking at all their new releases and you you know, they they absolutely knew what was coming down the pike. Yeah. So anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> criminal yeah it is criminal absolutely i mean these guys these guys need to to take a long walk from a short rope
0: but mm-hmm. anyway
4: just my opinion
0: the other thing i was going to mention as well before we go into uh in, into the next stage is i was absolutely amazed to see how much more pocket money uh Mr. Biden is is offering uh, his his friend Zelensky as well this week. What was it, forty? Excuse me, thirty three billion dollars. That's the new new amount, isn't it? The new amount of pocket money. I awesome? think so.
2: Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, of our money.
0: <laughs> interesting, interesting number that one as well. Yeah, yes, it, it,
2: they've been doing a lot of that, haven't
4: they? I mean, yeah.
0: Mm. Uh. I'm just going to get put that into perspective, and, and this this little calculation, I say calculation is based before I heard about this latest 40, 40, sorry, excuse me, 33 billion. But the U.S. national debt is, let's say, 31 trillion. And with a population of, let's say, 320 million, like rounding up and down a little bit, this means that each person is personally responsible to repay 97 million dollars. Now, if you take that in comparison with the UK, and I'm just dealing with these because these two, you know, countries came to the top of my mind when I was thinking about this, but the UK's national debt has become 2.3 trillion pounds, and with a population of around 67 million, that means that each individual is kind of personally responsible for 34 million pounds in repayment. Now, that's, that's a lot of money. <laughs> and I just don't understand how people can't see that every single extra pound or extra dollar that's um, generated out of thin air uh, is just basically massively devaluing um, the currency. And I I don't understand how people in their own lifetime ever can expect to sort of repay these amounts of money. Impossible. Impossible. Yeah, so the only way to go for it is to increase the population. But if you then increase the population, which let's face it, not many people are encouraging at the moment, um, then you can need more food. And with the forced food shortages that seemed or designed food shortages that seem to be on their way, then that also doesn't seem to be a possibility either. So let's just put this on the table because the food shortages are becoming more and more apparent. You know, it, it's it's becoming far more noticeable because... Yeah, puppet leaders are, are informing us. And the other thing, of course, around the corner is the, the new H1N3, I believe it is, the new bird flu that's being loaded up in, in the uh, the barrels somewhere. I also have I have some observations that I'd like to bring on about uh, what's going on with China and their new COVID uh, status, especially in Shanghai, and the timing. So anyway over to you let's let's bring these things out to the conversation this evening
2: sounds good to me so you're listening to the other side of the news and tonight our guest is etienne de la boutier squared and we shall return after the break
5: this woman named violet she's got a 16 year old son who's autistic and she kept trying to file for an exemption for the mask. And the teachers were, you know, they refused, and they were really red up in his face trying to keep this mask on him all day because he was clearly uncomfortable and agitated with it. Well, he got to a point where he was doing physical harm to himself, so he had to be placed in a mental institution. So Violet decided to go down and acquire the bond of her superintendent, or the assistant superintendent, The treasurer and the assistant treasurer and this superintendent turned out to be bonded for 4.6 million dollars per claim so Violet went ahead and uh, served this woman a letter of intent to file a claim against her surety bond and when you file a letter of intent you basically have to list their violations then in this case she had concluded that this woman had broken 27 state federal and international laws including color of law and she served this woman along with 10 other friends per mm-hmm. claim 4.6 million dollars per claim wow So we're looking at 40 plus million <laughs> potential liability so needless to say the superintendent went on the run this was over the christmas break uh and she tried to call the police she tried to get the sheriff involved and she literally went missing for a week oh my goodness and uh when school came back in session violet went ahead and served her in person so six days later so what you have to do is you have to give them this letter of intent and in that letter you have to declare what you want them to do to resolve the problem so she asked this superintendent to one drop the mask mandates Two, admit that she was wrong when it came to her son. And three, to resign. The woman did nothing. So on day six, Violet went down and filed the claim. And this claims adjuster really had no idea what to do. You know, they're looking around for the forms, like, oh, this has mm-hmm. never happened. Yeah, you know, oh, Right, geez. right. And uh, so Violet went and filed the claim. The very next day, they had a, a private meeting, but it was recorded with their counsel. And we have their counsel. On record, communicating to the board of directors, they actually used the phrase, we should buy some more beer and heroin because you guys are in deep trouble. We had to stop all state and federal funding. They had to um, drop all the mask mandates. They had to start calling in parents to assist because they couldn't pay their teachers. And they left the superintendent out to dry with this $4.6 million in liability. So a week later, Violet felt quite guilty and she had gotten what she'd wanted. They had removed the mask mandate. So she went ahead and she retracted her claim out of a a measure of good faith to let this woman know, hey, I do have this power. I don't intend to overuse it. You need to back down. Well, what did she do? She went right back to her old ways, put the mask mandate right back in place um, uh, and, and acted like nothing had ever happened. So, Viola went ahead and filed another claim, because she can, and the problem is not resolved, and, uh, and anyone can do this. Anyone can do this. Hi, this is Mickey Klon, and it was such a joy and pleasure to meet with Kinthea, Annetta, and Timothy on the other side of the news.
2: Welcome back to the other side of the news. Our guest tonight is Etienne de la Boutier Squared. And our show is called Humanity Rising. Co-hosting are Timothy Saunders, and de Driskell, and myself, Kintia. So tonight, our guest, Etienne de la Boutier Squared, is a trailblazer, and he's a truth fighter. He has committed his energy and resources to lifting up the people through awareness and knowledge. Today, more than ever, we lack the confidence to trust what is being fed to the masses. This being as a mockingbird media. Etienne has gathered real data, dissected it, correlated it, cross-referenced it, and analyzed it to provide the key essential information we need to make intelligent choices. With the current geopolitical events as they are, it's ever so critical that we know and understand the hidden forces that are directing the course of history we have been lied to for so long. We need reliable information to verify ourselves the truth of any statement so that we, the people, can educate ourselves on the truth behind the facade and as such to confidently be self-governing. Etienne is an author, technology executive, past operating executive. He's been on the board and director of consultants for Fortune 25, 100 and 500 companies. He's worked on Wall Street. He ran a third-party political campaign. He worked at one of the big four think tanks in Maryland and Nova's largest CEO network. Currently, he helps Fortune 500 companies learn a beat of light, learn faster using a variety of technologies. Etienne is a voluntarist. We'll get into what that is. He is not a conspiracy theorist. Rather, he is an organized crime researcher and has developed what he calls organized crime theory. His book, Government, the Biggest Scam in History, Exposed reveals how the government was never created to serve and protect the people, but was always a technique used by the intergenerational crime syndicates that goes all the way back to the early monarchies. A control of operation perception. His book came out of his deep dive into this crime to discover how to get out of the trap that robs us of our freedoms. To follow Etienne's powerful work, you can find him at artofliberty.org and also on Linktree at artofliberty, which is spelled L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash artofliberty, one word. There you will find his works, links to videos, books, and downloads that you can put in your tool chest for liberty's sake. I am so pleased to welcome back Etienne. His brilliant insights and revelations have been a real catalyst for thousands, for we, the people, to reclaim our wisdom voice with a confidence that comes from true understanding, knowledge, and an internal moral compass. Welcome to the other side of the news, Etienne.
1: It is so good to be with you and to be with your audience.
2: I'm so pleased to have you back with us. You know, there are a million directions we could go. Currently, inflation is robbing us of our financial stability, while the WHO is attempting to take control of the global stage by trying to make itself the ultimate authority over world governments and how to handle the pandemic, to the World Economic Forum and the Ukrainian crisis. Where do you think it's best we start to get a grasp on what's really going on now, what is the primary strategy to strip us of our freedoms.
3: Well, I'd like to start, I think, with the COVID because I'm in the process of finishing up the fifth edition of the book. And the fifth edition of the book, uh, I'm going to rename it. uh, Instead of government, the biggest scam in history exposed, it will be government and the COVID, the two biggest scams in history exposed. Uh, but the uh, the scam of the COVID could not have been made possible without the scam of government, which made possible the hierarchical control of information through the regulatory capture of the WHO and the NIH and the CDC and the AMA and the NIAID on the academia side, and the ability to control and play the monopoly media like uh, a mighty world, sir. And so the you know the first four. You know, uh, editions of the book expose how intergenerational organized crime uses government as a technique, not to protect life, liberty, and property, but essentially to tax farm uh, the population by controlling the information they receive, either by controlling it through the mandatory government school, which they force everyone to go to, where they teach you that government is legitimate, desirable, and necessary before you're old enough to really evaluate the logic and the morality of that claim. And uh, as you get older, uh, you know, there has been a weaponized media system um, of, you know, on the old school media side, there's six monopoly media companies running hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries with different names to give everybody. There's the illusion of all these different information sources in society. And on the new media side, there's three to, you know, uh, uh, two to three dozen what I call new media, you know, media companies, which is internet uh, search engines, uh, video sharing sites, social media sites. We're talking about uh, obviously Google, YouTube, Facebook, Reddit. Uh, discuss the the engine that does comments on thousands and tens of thousands of websites. Uh, it's Snopes. It's Netflix. It's uh you know twitter uh which we can get into as well uh but really the name of the game and the most powerful weapon in the u.s arsenal and in every government's arsenal is this ability to control the information that the population receives uh to really program human beings some human beings that that don't understand how the big game is computer and you know the human brain is 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 a computer it's a supercomputer but just like computers, garbage in, garbage out. And so if you're able to control the information the population receives, then you're to a certain degree able to kind of program them uh, for a predetermined, you know, outcome, or at least a, you know, predetermined world, you know, predetermined worldviews and convince them that, you know, that there's terrorists lurking everywhere or that there's a pandemic when there's, you know, obviously not a pandemic, um, and so, so that has really been the weapon that they used. And, uh, you know, we can get into, you know, who's been behind, behind the COVID. But uh, I guess the, uh, the short version, the executive summary of the executive summary of mm-hmm. my investigation is that intergenerational organized crime spent billions to steal trillions. And the COVID has been the manufactured engineered reason for trillions of dollars in bailouts and stimulus, and we and I believe the manufactured engineered reason for the Federal Reserve to prop up the crooked Ponzi scheme U.S. Treasury market, which they were doing to the tune of eighty billion dollars a day at one point in 2020, with emergency powers granted for the COVID, and it allowed the organized crime participants to engage in something known as disaster capitalism by profiting from their foreknowledge to buy and short sale and hedge specific stocks and investments. They were waging economic warfare against free market businesses with forced closures and chain stores and restaurants. So the population doesn't have independent wealth or resources to resist the economic and medical martial law tactics being waged against them. Uh, It's to force the population to accept harmful injections, vaccine passports and other biosecurity state measures in what appears to be something called a negative eugenics program to cull the elderly and extend organized crime, the government's other major Ponzi scheme, uh, social security. And so how did the magicians uh, in Hollywood, Hollywood, and uh, in Washington, D.C., pull off this trick? Well, uh, it was made possible by the regulatory capture of government health experts in multiple countries, especially U.S., China, and Italy, uh, and uh, you know we're talking about the CDC, the NAID, and uh, uh, the WHO, uh, the World health, Organiz- World health Organization, who declared a public health emergency of international concern with a small handful of respiratory illnesses. Uh, in the the city in China with the dirtiest air quality uh, in a country of over a billion people. It was media fakery focused on a small handful of hospitals, notably Elmhurst in Queens, New York, where the criminals engineered apparent pandemic conditions and medical simulations for news cameras, where televised crowds waiting to get into the hospital were gone the very next day when the cameras and the media operation wasn't going on. Um, They used a faulty test, the PCR designed, designed to give false positives, even though the Nobel Prize winning inventor said publicly that it should never be used to diagnose disease. They passed over $100 billion in incentive payments through the CARES Act to doctors and hospitals to classify patients as COVID. And then they paid them bonuses for using treatments guaranteed to produce death and disease, noticeable, you know, notably ventilators and remdesivir. And they coordinated the response of a 1,000 corporations, government officials, NGOs, and nonprofits through the, Wel- the World Health Organization, which is essentially uh, a secret offshoot of the Council on Foreign Relations. And we can talk about the background of that. Uh, but that is essentially – the thesis of you know what we've learned uh, you know through the pandemic, and so I believe that the uh, the the shots and the injections are a bioweapon. They're not every single vial. Uh, so you've got five percent of the vials causing ninety percent of the uh, of the damage. You've got different uh, uh, different vaccines have different amounts of uh, of uh, you know chemicals and mRNA within them. So people are you know it's it's not that. You know that, that if it, was, if it was if every single vial was bad, that we would have immediately realized what it is. but what they're doing is they're slow killing the elderly, It's causing blood coagulation, it's causing blood clotting in the weakest among us, uh, and the elderly are, are by far the most susceptible to that. And so, uh, you know, when we were organizing uh, organ- uh, resistance uh, to the COVID in 2020, and we had a, a group of over 400 people in Santa Cruz, California, regularly turning out 60, 70 people to peaceful civil disobedience, we would, we would kind of, you know, laugh, we'd get together. I've been in, in groups of 10, 20 people, and, and we'd all be going, does anybody know anybody that has died of the COVID? And nobody knew anybody that died of the covid but since they've begun the injection campaign, uh, I now know lots of people that have died from the COVID, including uh, my uh, my mother-in-law, um, who passed away a month ago. Mike, um, uh, I wasn't able to talk my ex-wife, she's my ex-mother-in-law, into getting uh, you know an autopsy to be able to check the you know the uh, uh, um, uh, for for clotting and coagulation which so many uh, you know funeral directors. And so many uh, morticians, you know, have come forward and said that they're, they're finding, uh, you know, autopsies. There's, you know, you can, you can find, you know, a, you know, a bunch of different um, uh, evidence for that. But these vaccines have been killing people since the trial. And the trial data finally came out a month and a half ago, uh, where it came out that in the Pfizer trial, where they had a little over 43,000 participants, They had over 1,200 deaths. They had over 1,200 unique, different adverse effects, everything from Guillain-Barre to uh, myocarditis to shingles to you name it. But they had 1,200 different uh, adverse effects. And then they had over 150,000 total adverse effects because some people got Guillain-Barre and shingles and other adverse effects. And so that's almost a 4% you know, rate uh, you know, uh, cause, and the fact checkers don't say that that number is wrong. They just say that, oh, well, you can't necessarily attribute that to the vaccine, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, there's a BlackRock investment manager by the name of Edward Dodd who, who claims that he's been told by an industry insider that Pfizer actually failed uh their uh the clinical trial uh for uh for all cause mortality and that is uh that was covered up and the vaccine was approved anyway and so uh um we actually extended our investigation to see if anything would come of that and do you know a little bit more work and 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 digging um but i believe uh, i have absolutely no doubt in my mind that this is a negative eugenics program designed to cull the human population And uh, I've got a very uh, interesting photo that will be in the next edition of the book. It was taken in uh, October of 2001, where our boy Anthony Fauci was photographed with uh, five of the world's leading eugenicists at the uh, Carnegie Philanthropy Awards. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that. But uh, I'll just you know because I can't obviously show it on the radio, but I'll just go ahead and tell you some of the participants and their backgrounds, you know in this uh, you know uh, in this uh, in the in the picture. And first of all, starting with Andrew Carnegie, who's not in there, and and neither is I don't see any members of the family. But like Andrew Carnegie was one of the original founders of the of the um, uh, Cold Springs Harbor Eugenics Facility and the Eugenics Records Office. (laughs) as was David Rockefeller, who is in the picture. And so uh, in addition to uh, to Rockefeller, you've got Irene Diamond, the widow of Aaron Diamond, that has the Aaron Diamond uh, um, uh, AIDS Research Center. Uh, You've got uh, Ted Turner, who famously said that he believes the world should have about uh, 350 uh, million people in it. Um, uh, There's about 8 billion people on the planet right now, so that would require killing a whole bunch of people to achieve uh, 350 million. Um, And Ted Turner is believed to be the funder of a monument to eugenics in uh, Georgia, a Stonehenge-like monument called the Georgia Guidestones that you can search engine and and see that, where – uh, where you know uh, uh, the the population is encouraged to maintain the planet at under 500 million people, so again a, a huge uh, huge drop. Um, you've got uh, Bill Gates Senior in the photo, and uh, Bill Gates Senior, uh, the father of Bill Gates of uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, who has been the primary opponent. Many people don't know this, but his father was on the board of Planned Parenthood. And then finally, we've got our our boy George Soros is in the picture as well. And so what are the odds that Anthony Fauci is in the room with a bunch of billionaires that all support eugenics? And now he's pushing an injection and a fake pandemic that is killing people at an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, rate and I'm just going to break down some uh, some of these uh, some of the numbers of the deaths and disease and then we'll talk about you know like what's going on and so I'm sure people have heard of the vaccine adverse uh, events reporting system VAERS database and right now as of April 15th 2022 there have been over 27,349 deaths uh, reported to VAERS for all of the different vaccines combined that 27,349 to put it into perspective, uh, during the, the, the swine, the fake fly swine flu, uh, uh, epidemic, which tried to push a similar, uh, wide scale, uh, vaccination program on the population that that vaccination program was halted with less than 50 deaths. Okay. They said, Hey, Whoa, this is killing people. There's, 50, almost 50 people have died. Mm-hmm. We're now at 27,349 in the United States, and there was a, a study done by Harvard Medical School uh, in, in combination with a, uh, an HMO called Harvard Pilgrim uh, where they actually uh, took a look at uh, uh, the VAERS numbers versus what they were actually paying to, uh, you know, like out in claims and how many people were actually getting sick, and they came to the conclusion that theirs only captures about 1% of uh, deaths and adverse events. Um, now, that, is, that study was done on the childhood immunization schedule, where you've got a kid that has an ongoing relationship with the, with the, uh, with the doctor, and uh, uh, that's not the way that these vaccines are being administered. These vaccines are being administered in Walgreens and CVS and drive through clinics and pop-up, you know, injection places, et cetera, where there is absolutely no ongoing follow-up. And so if you take that 27,349 and you multiply it by 100, we're talking about 2,700,000 deaths in the United States alone, well, because most of these are elderly, these are being attributed, like my, you know, like my recently deceased, you know, mother-in-law, to uh, old age or whatever. Um, but uh, there is a huge, huge, huge amount of deaths. There's been over 150,000 reported hospitalizations, 188,000 uh, doctor visits, cases of anaphylactic shock, 15,000 of Bell's palsy. 13,000 heart attacks, 39,000 cases of myocarditis or periocarditis. You've got 50,000 plus permanently disabled. Um, You've got 41,000 severe allergic reactions. All of those numbers can be manufactured, can be multiplied by 100. And then that's just the United States. And so the European Union runs a similar uh, vaccine adverse re- effects reporting system. It's called durability v- vigilance. And as of April 23rd, they've had 43,898 reported dead and they've had 4,190,493 vaccine injuries through a- April 23rd of 2022. So this is a genocide. This is a genocide even without multiplying by 100. This is a democide. Uh Demicide is death by government, and it was, it killed over, governments killed their own citizens, 200 million of their own citizens in the 20th century alone. So the government is your most likely cause of death. And so uh, that appears to be what's going on is that we've got a eugenics program that is, that is, uh, that for, for, you know, a variety of reasons, the the actuarial impossibility of Social Security, the the actuarial impossibility of the of the bond market, and this the dollar system is falling apart. And so I think they're using this manufactured, uh, you know, quote unquote pandemic uh, as the excuse to cull the population and ultimately reset the dollar system onto. Uh, Central bank digital currencies, programmable central bank digital currencies. Uh, It's vaguely like Bitcoin and and other cryptocurrencies, but it would be programmable and issued by the different central banks. Howard, Howard.
2: (laughs) Wow, what a list of uh, staggering, staggering uh, strategies for taking us out, if you will. Mm -hmm. And we are actually at the break, so this is a good time to take us out. I want to come back to this, actually. Um, I am shocked. I mean, I knew there were a lot of things going on, but in the list of uh, strategies you were mentioning, there were many that I had not even considered. Uh, so it's really eye-opening, and I just want to let people know that your your book and your other materials that we'll talk about later are going to give them a way to where they can access this powerful information. So we're listening to the other side of the news and our guest tonight is Etienne Delavoutier squared and we shall return after the break. The show is called Humanity Rising. My background education
6: is in uh, evidence-based medicine and research methods out of University of Toronto. Graduate school there, then I went on to Oxford in evidence-based medicine, and then on to McMaster, my doctorate, and postdoc in evidence-based medicine. I also did some certificate program at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore in biological warfare, weaponization of pathogen in 2001. Basically how you would take viruses, bacteria, etc. Any type of pathogen and weaponize them, put them on a missile, to use them for nefarious the means. And I wanted to learn as an epidemiologist in case my city or my country just to understand how it works and if that can be done. I was working at the WHO, Pan American Health, mid twenty nineteen, and then We started to get these cases out of Italy in January, February. These these images on the television of people dropping dead. I'm speaking to you honestly, as a scientist, but openly. Those images out of China were fake. That was part of this game, scared the world. At that time, WHO asked me to change my position and to become a pandemic advisor to them because... They were the global agency, and they didn't know what was going on. Because of my training in evidence-based medicine and research methods in clinical epidemiology, they wanted me to help them understand what was coming out of China and Italy. So I actually was connected to the PAHO at the beginning of the COVID outbreak, and a lot of their messaging was from me. People like me, behind the scenes, we took a lot of beating from the press, hammering, because we were calling for a balanced, age stratified approach. Damage had already been done by Fauci and Brooks. It was Fauci and Brooks' lockdowns that harmed America, killed people. Many people died in America because of their lockdowns. It was Fauci's refusal to admit and to recognize the potential of early outpatient treatment the groups I work with now, like Dr. Pierre Corey, Dr. Peter McCullough, et cetera, we champion early treatment and we have, you know, the treatment plans and stuff where you treat the infected high-risk person early, prevents hospitalization and death. Fauci and they damaged us in that regard. They will refuse to recognize the antivirus. We have estimates now of the 750,000 Americans, quote-unquote, who may have died from COVID. About 700,000 would be alive today, 90%. Mm. And that's our man. When we look at the data, thousands, hundreds of thousands of Americans died because of the NIH and the CDC refusal to allow doctors to prescribe early outpatient treatment. I have many, I know many doctors, many of them across America, right now fighting their state boards and stuff for their licenses. Their licenses have been stopped or pulled they would being fired because they prescribed early treatment that was helping their patients. I'm Dr. Paul Alexander, and uh, I have really thoroughly enjoyed the opportunity to be on the other side of the news because it has shown me to be one of the forums that, probably one of the only forums that allows one to be fully expressive and to, uh, and to share how they really feel about the events. Um, in the hopes of sharing with a larger audience and an exchange of ideas so that people can become much more informed and understand the situation around them for their own decision making. So I am very thankful of this opportunity for the other side of the news.
4: And welcome back to the other side of the news this evening. our show is titled "Humanity Rising," and our special guest is Etienne de la Boutier Square and we are having a really interesting conversation uh and you are a boy, a factoid person, right I love it <laughs> uh, and and I love talking about the side. I mean. I don't love talking about it because I hate, I hate the fact of it, but, uh, you know, a lot of people shy away from it at night. You know, we need to, to be very direct about what's going on because we are being directly targeted. And, uh, you know, this week um, some stuff came out about this, uh, the death rate suddenly taking a real uh, uptick. And um, you mentioned that the vaccines and I'm using big air quotes there because they are not vaccines. They are DNA. uh, They're genetic modifying, uh, gene modifiers, okay? So uh, amongst other problems, and they're very, very toxic. But besides all of that, they they aren't all created equal. Um, And of course, humans aren't all created equal physiologically, especially, so everyone reacts differently. But what I I think is going on here, this is just from anecdotal observation, uh, is that it looks like uh, not only do we have a, a situation with a buildup maybe in the body, to put it in very simple terms, but we also might have a change in what, how they're formulating these or how may, what the percentages of the really deadly toxic ones. What do you think is going on there with, with what you're seeing?
3: Well, there's two different things going on simultaneously, one of which it's come out that different vaccines have different um, – Uh, levels of the active ingredient Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't have the exact specifics right in front of me but I'll tell you that 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 that's public knowledge that you know you may get a vial that has 0.05 milligram or you may get a vial that has 2.5 milligram and and so there's they're they're running what it looks like is testing different loads to see how many people it kills and how fast it kills uh, and you've got a, uh, you've got about five percent of the vials that are doing ninety percent of the damage, which is one of the ways that you know that this is not an accident uh, because you just don't have that kind of distribution of, of damage and you know and, and kind of modern uh, you know factory production of, of things. And uh, and then um, finally, uh, uh, there has been reports. From and I forgot, you know, I wish I had this like right at my fingertips. But it was a, a nurse that took care of, um, uh, you know, the, the politicians in a, in a foreign country, and she said that there there are vials that are uh, placebo, and that mm-hmm. that you, know, you can actually tell from the vial. But all of those, uh, you know, are, are good starting points. I wish I had the exact facts right in front of me, but I don't. But like those are. Uh, some of the reasons why some people are dying and other people aren't are, you know, are not dying, and then it seems to be hurting the weakest among us, the elderly, uh, you know, the most. And so, uh, you know, um, because it's not affecting everybody, and because, uh, you know, people aren't associating the deaths with the vaccine because the death occurs days, you know, or the adverse event you know, because the at death or the adverse effect, of, you know, occurs days, weeks, or months, and there's no ongoing relationship with the doctor. And because the media isn't telling you about any of this, uh, you know, most people don't realize that this is going on. They don't realize the scale of the death that we're talking about because a lot of it is being hidden from the population by the media and it's being, you know, obscured. Um, you know, yeah. part of the... Re- yeah. Go ahead. Oh,
4: yeah.
7: Well, I've
3: heard that from a lot of people. Oh, I got the vaccine and I'm fine. It's like, well, really? Uh,
4: that doesn't really mean anything because, you know, you're w- really a walking time bomb at that point. And, you know, there's other stuff going on. Uh, from where it was, the, the, the rates. Uh, so and then there's, you know, their all cause mortality. Uh, that's a really interesting thing, because we have both the insurance industry and morticians. Uh, that are both saying the same thing because people are dying and especially the increased uh, cause mortality in certain age groups where you don't typically see a lot of children dropping over dead. Uh, you you know, the, their numbers are astronomically high. So, uh, you know, I, I, I scratched my, my head and, and, you know, try to figure out why, why people can't quite get anyway. I don't know where I'm going with that other than, yeah, yeah. there's all kinds of evidence that says, well, not only is it happening, but it can happen later. And uh, like cancer is a great example of that, right?
3: I, well, i I'll say a- this with, with respect to all-cause mortality. There is a great uh, statistician on Twitter by the name of uh, Texas Lindsay, and that's at Texas Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, uh, at Texas Lindsay on Twitter, And she's done a number of different, uh, you know, uh, visualizations showing um, the increase in all cause mortality across a number of different countries coming directly after the vaccination. So as soon as they begin uh, vaccinating in in mass and and like she's got, uh, you know, just on, on the page I'm looking at right now, she's got Israel, she's got Malaysia, she's got Greece, she's got uh, Denmark, uh, you know, uh, she's got France, she's got Canada. And you can just go through these and you can see uh, the in, the increase in all cause mortality rising imme- essentially immediately after they began you know vaccinating. And so the the people that are dying now, I think Cynthia uh, m- mentioned it earlier in her intro. The overwhelming majority of people that are, are that are either hospitalized or that are, that are dying from COVID or that are getting COVID, these are the people that have been vaccinated. Now, the government is pointing at these illnesses saying, oh, look, this is COVID, when the reality is this is the effect of the injections that you forced on the population with your fake pandemic.
4: That's absolutely true. Yeah. Another one, her name's Laura and it begins with an A and I'm, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember you guys, uh, but uh, it's on Telegram. She has some really interesting charts because she has moving charts and it shows uh, countries with similar populations in size mm-hmm. and that they have different rates of vaccination. Like some of them are African nations that have very little vaccination compared to the same size country that has a high rate of vaccination. And you can see the, you can see the the a graph running along and then it just it just goes out of control like what them is australia to i can't remember what it's, it's comparing it to but anyway it goes along and and she has both the vaccination rates and then the death rates and they are absolutely correlated there is no question you'd have to be mathematically extremely challenged to not see it i mean you'd have to be wantonly ignorant uh and in and, and, and denial of everything So we've got a real issue there. Actually, though, I don't want to, you know, we've we've been talking about this a long time for like two years. I wanted to talk about a little bit of some of the other areas that you really get into and that I admire your, your knowledge. And that one of them that is coming up a lot is that the idea of democracy. Okay. And people are always talking about democracy, this and democracy, that, and we know that the deep state or, The baddies or whatever you'd like to call them they love to use that term and confuse people like you know democracy first or well it it sounds sounds very wonderful all these altruistic kind of titles and stuff and it's a bunch of bs but anyway what i would really like to to because you're so good at, at defining these things and explaining it in a way that's understandable i'd love for you to talk about the difference between actually democracy and republics and what what delineates them
3: So um, supposedly in a republic that you're protected from the mob rule of democracy. Uh, So a a republic is, is a, uh, is a governmental structure where the, where, uh, you know, supposedly rights are enshrined in a social contract that limits what the government can do, but that's a scam and democracy is mob rule. And even in a republic In any kind of government, it's impossible to have a moral, legitimate government, whether that government is a democracy, a monarchy, uh, a republic, a constitutional republic. No matter how you do it, they're all illegitimate. There is just simply no way to legitimately and morally and logically uh, you know, uh, create a government where a minority of people has the ability to use violence and extortion on everybody else, and so in essence, government has been the biggest scam in history, in a textbook example of of Hitler's you know big lie uh, that if you just tell the same lie over and over and over and again, and so the population because they're information is controlled within the mandatory government school are essentially taught that government is, is legitimate, that government is desirable, that government is necessary before you're old enough to really evaluate the logic and the morality of that claim. And it's also slid to the population as a religion. Now they don't call it a religion in the mandatory government school. But it has – if you really think about it and you unpack it, they're using all the kind of tools and techniques of an unethically manipulative religion or or a cult on kids. They're going to force you to go to the church school where the priest, the teacher, is going to teach you in the United States the common prayer of the Pledge of Allegiance. They're going to have you sing the hymns of the Star-Spangled Banner and the National Anthem. They're going to teach you about the presidents who are the popes. They're going to take you in middle school to Washington D.C. Mecca, where they're going to take you into the cathedral of the Capitol that looks like, uh, you know, a uh, uh, the Vatican for a reason. They're going to take you into the temples of, you know, along the Potomac and show you the deities of Lincoln and Jefferson, and 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 that program is going to produce a. Uh, Cult member, a religious disciple that is willing to tithe and to semi-voluntarily hand over a portion of their income to the artificially engineered religion. The flag is the artificial holy symbol. It's you know the and, and then this media propaganda system that I you know outlined in the beginning is reinforcing that religiosity by product placing the flag. Into 800 movies, 1,000 uh, television shows that the Department of Defense or the intelligence agencies have provided equipment and funding, and frequently have script control and and you know control over you know literally what is said on the things. That's why the the, the hero is always the government employee. Whether the hero is the you know Tom Cruise is a CIA agent or the FBI or Mulder and Scully and and they're always ripped and they you know, and you know, hot women in tight pantsuits and uh, you know, always saving the day, the President of the United States buying fighter jets to protect the world from invading aliens. And so most people really don't realize how they've been immersed in this soup of propaganda where every single channel is government is legitimate, government is legitimate, government is legitimate, government is legitimate. And because this organized crime system is able to control every screen, they're able to essentially uh, deceive every audience until you understand how the big game is played. And then once you understand how the magician does the trick, it's a lot harder to be fooled Uh, By the magician when you understand, you know, how the scam is perpetrated.
4: That's an answer. (laughs) I was just looking for the difference between the two. Okay. Oh, because I mean, you know, the thing I agree with you, but what uh, my point was, and I, what I'm trying to make clear is that democracy is not a great thing. And we are, by the way, even constitutionally, the whole thing, we are not in the United States set up as a democracy. We're not a democracy. We were never designed to be. But they, they, you know, they they use fork tongue language or double speak or whatever you'd like to say, all the time on us I mean that's that's a whole gigantic topic right there but you know we, we've got this problem because people are like oh democracy you don't want democracy no you don't want democracy that's mob rule which is what we're seeing right now in a
3: big to, way two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner but we don't want a republic either we don't want a government at all and the good news message of the book is we don't really need government the world is a you know a self-organizing system that produces spontaneous order and uh, the government is really just a provider of these monopoly services where, where the government says only we can deliver the mail, only we can you know, uh, provide air traffic control, only we can provide armed uh, you know, protective services in your community, only we can, ha- can handle dispute resolution in the courts. And uh because there's a market for all of those people, there's a market to be safe and secure in your home, and there's a market for dispute resolution because of all of these the The free market and mutual aid societies and ch- and uh, nonprofits and real charities could do everything that the government does except for redistribution. You can't rob Peter to pay Paul because that's immoral and 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 you know right off the bat if you you know, the way that you can tell. An idea is a bad idea, is if it requires uh, somebody with a gun to steal money from somebody else to do something that the mob or that other person wants to do. Uh, If there's a gun involved and theft involved, that's how you know it's a bad idea. And so the good news message of the book is that uh, we don't really need government, that everything the government does would be done better, faster, cheaper by the free market uh, without the violence and extortion. And if you kick back the over 50% of people's income that is being stolen in overt taxes, covert taxes, and inflation, if you were to give that money back to them and let them spend it on the charities that they find effective, that they know are being you know, successful in their, in their community. If you let them, you know, not get the education that they're forced to get in the mandatory government school system, but let them choose from Waldorf or Montessori or, you know, private schools or homeschool or whatever it is, you would see uh, wealth and entrepreneurship and economic activity, you know, blossom tremendously. And we would produce more than enough excess surplus to take care of the poor, the needy and the disadvantaged. What we've got to do is we've got to get rid of the the, the illegitimate criminal middleman uh, in you know in the middle, and then society can flourish once we get rid of this parasite called government. Yes. Okay. So true. Now the one um, more thing I just want to oh, point yeah. out because I just love saying this. Okay, I, like because I know that there's a lot of people, especially here in the United States, that are listening to this. And this goes against everything that they were taught in their mandatory government school that slipped the, this to them as a religion. I'm literally speaking heresy right now to to a great many, you know, of your audience, and for that I I semi apologize. But I just want everybody to just kind of like go back in time a couple hundred years to, you know, you've got 3 million people living on this continent at the quote unquote founding of the country. Okay. You got 3 million people all over the continent. And then you've got essentially three dozen slave owners that go into a room and write down the slave owners, politicians and lawyers and write down on a fancy piece of paper that they alone get to make up rules for everybody on the continent and that they alone get to uh, steal the wealth of others. And then they had their newspapers proclaim that it was valid. And that's how this government got started. Now, does that seem moral? Does that seem logical? If you tried to do that today, if, if, if uh, all of us and a couple dozen of our friends got together and we wrote down on a fancy piece of paper that we get to make rules and we get to steal the wealth of others. I mean, it would be ludicrous uh, but because it, it's been slipped to the population when they're, you know, literally, uh, you know, five, six, seven years old, uh, they've accepted it without ever really thinking about the the morality or the logic of that statement.
4: Okay. I don't know that I totally am in agreement with all of that because I have a little different view of of what the Constitution is. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as i think that it's been taken to a place uh well first of all it's been ignored and that now we have this you know huge massive overreaching government which i am definitely personally i am not in favor of at all uh mm-hmm. but i do think that some of that stuff was written in there so we could hold on to our sovereignty but i want to move on to another part because because i'm going to run out of time <laughs> that's why i want to move on mm-hmm. uh, but uh So through all this that we're seeing going on and we're seeing this massive overreach and and they're really having to show their hand, Uh, the government is showing its hand of all of this stuff. And people are waking up to the facts of what they've been doing and how they've been doing it, especially, uh, you know, I've been banging on about this, you know, the central banks um, or uh a long time like 27 years <laughs> and uh you know it, it most people find that quite boring um it is boring but it's it's essential and you know now now all of a sudden this is coming to the forefront like that we've got all this stuff going on and people are starting to realize Oh, this is all manufactured it's all manipulation it's an illusionary uh, world uh this money world uh this fake fake currency etc now on top of that we're seeing um You know, anyone who's read 1984 knows about the Ministry of Truth. Truly, you know, this week we see this new um, regulatory agency come out. It's it's labeled. They're calling it Disinformation Governance Board. It's the Ministry of Truth. It is Mm -hmm. flat-out censorship, blah, blah, blah. What can we do? do Where's your feelings on that? What can we do? Because we've only got like five minutes left. So, um, yeah, just comment on
3: any of that kind of stuff, wherever you'd like to go with it sure so the so the so you know with respect to the banks you know the 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 banks are at the head of the snake mm-hmm. and the the you know the 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 basics of the scam is that the federal reserve and central banks around the world backstop the money center banks the j p morgans the city groups the the uh, Wells Fargo's, et cetera, to engage in something called fractional reserve banking, where when you go to get a car loan or a mortgage, they're not lending you depositor money. They just tickle the ivories and credit your account with digital dollars. And that ability, number one, it's uh, it's not fair to all the other market participants. I mean, I have a company. My company is not allowed to create money out of thin air. Uh, Mine though, either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so the, the second part of it is, is that that's inflationary. So the mm-hmm. more and more dollars that these banks create, uh, now there's more and more do- dollars chasing a fixed amount of goods and services in the economy, and the dollars begin to bid up prices. And that's the reason why prices are going up. It's not that necessarily that the price is going up as much as the value of the currency is going down. Mm -hmm. And so there's two analogies that I like to use to kind of explain the fraud of this. And the first one is, let's say I have a dollar and you have a dollar. And when I say you, just anybody that's listening to this audience, and now we've got the only two dollars in the world. And uh, and so I own 50 percent of the wealth and you, uh, dear listener, own the other 50 percent of the world's wealth and a bank comes along and quantitatively eases two more dollars or creates through fractional reserve banking two more dollars. Now, all of a sudden, I have 25% of the world's wealth, you have 25% of the world's wealth, and we've had 50% stolen by a bank that all they did was create $2 out of thin air. That's analogy number one to make it simple for the audience. Analogy number two is imagine we're all playing Monopoly, and uh, and Timothy is cheating. He's the banker, and he's reaching under the table, and he's pulling out $500 bills when nobody's looking. Well, at the end of the game, who owns everything on the board and who are renters and debtors? And so that's really what's been going on, is these banks have been taking their little paper tickets and their little digital dollars, and they've been buying up the world because they're cheating and they're criminals and they're scum, and the first things they bought was the media, so the media wouldn't tell you about it. and then they've bought everything else. And so when you see you know firms like Blackrock and we Vanguard was mentioned as well, State Street is the third uh, major uh, you know equity asset manager uh, uh, in the United States, then they have you know, uh, trillions of dollars under management. Um, they're managing the assets stolen through fractional reserve banking, and they're organizing the CEOs and the head of the nonprofits and the head of the organizations and the head of the CDC and all of these through the world economic forum. And then the world economic forum provides them secure meeting facilities and the ability to meet regularly so that they can organize large scale scams like the COVID so that they can get all of their CEOs and all of the heads of the non-government organizations that they've funded and controlled to be able to create this propaganda matrix of either there's terrorism or there's really a COVID. And so that's who's behind it uh, is it's the bank's, they're buying up the world with little paper tickets, and they're coordinating the activity of all the companies that they've been able to buy up through the World Economic Forum, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, the Bilderberg Group, and a couple of other uh, uh, firms um, that Jeffrey Epstein was uh, just happened to be a member of all of those organizations <laughs> to give happens. you an idea yeah. of the kind of people that are in these organizations and what they're doing to the population. That is
4: a great explanation, and we're at break, but thank you so much for that because that was just a really concise uh, uh, overview of uh, how we see inflation, which is actually devaluation. And I would just add one thing, and that is that our government is creating, you know, having this money created for us by the central bank out of thin air. We we are, are you know, renting our money from the central bank and paying interest on it. That's what the IRS is all about. But anyway, I digress. So so we're at the, the um, let's see, we're at the bottom of the hour, and our show tonight is Humanity Rising. We have our guest Etienne de la Boutille at Squared, and we will be right back after the break.
1: Take a look at what is going on with us now. You have vax or no vax, You have mandates or no mandates. You have uh, pharmacies who are not allowed to make a pres- prescriptions on substances that they don't, you know, <laughs> that's the, that Big Pharma doesn't want them to have anymore. If somebody's in control of something. There's going to be a time, follow the money, where you're going to say, hey, something really inappropriate has gone on here we're being controlled I mean it's it's one thing to to have mandates and all these and another thing to shut people up who say I would like to talk about this a little bit no you don't you're not gonna talk and and so we have uh, you know people like uh, dr. Mercola being shut down that is not us that's not how we operate people ought to at least be allowed to have an opinion and state the opinion and and have uh, say uh, I'd like you to know that a good immune system is going to help you so here are the things for a good immune system but I'm sorry you can't buy them anymore because we're not allowed to so something's going on so that my friend is going to be exposed that's another thing that you're seeing for a while and it won't last forever so it's there now But believe me, it ain't going to stay because the light's going to be turned on, just like the the abuse uh, that I've just talked about of both women and kids, for priests and all. It's here in an ugly way, and eventually it's going to be seen. Christ says there'll be revelations or maybe even a movie about it. It's going to be the same thing that happened when we found out with tobacco that they were, of course, addicting our children, and they had a cartoon, and they knew that it caused cancer. And... You know what happened with that, we shut that, basically shut that down and now we don't smoke anymore. Hi there, this is Lee Carroll, I want to tell you about the other side of the news. In these days where we're not really hearing much good news or perhaps even what's really happening, that's where the other side of the news is different. And in that, you're going to hear not only controversy, but you're going to hear great things. There can be joyful things, too. I just got done with one of the broadcasts, and I encourage you to take a listen with myself and Monica. But the other side of the news, that's what we need more of in these times.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to The Other Side of the News. My name is Timothy Saunders. I'm with Aneta and Kintia. And our guest this evening is Etienne de la Boussée Squared. And we're talking about humanity rising. But in order to talk about the, the increase in altitude, I think we also need to understand where we are today. And what I'm seeing, Etienne, is, is unbelievable bias in the media. And, you know, we've just very... Skillfully gave it given an, an excellent summary of how many people have actually been hurt, injured, and died due to this, uh, yeah, this injection to cover up a, a non-existent real pandemic. Yes, there may be, uh, there may be individual incidents. Some people say there is a virus. Some say there is no virus. Some say it was released. Some say it was natural. At the end of the day, the I think the real pandemic was the actual pandemic itself. The the, the decision to go for a pandemic, the the way the WHO is brought in its power to push governments aside and uh, bring in their new rule, which which is something which I see they're fortifying, which uh, I think um, either Kim Deal or Aneta mentioned earlier. Uh, so we have this incredible time of bias. In the media, I was watching, it, it's actually slightly less interesting than paint drying, but I was watching uh, an excerpt from the UK House of Commons the other day, and the Speaker of the House is somebody who sits in a really big wooden chair at one end and adjudicates and you know, prevents people from, uh, yeah, um, what can I say, digressing from the point or preventing people from going getting into I'm not really making a very good summary of what he does, but if somebody is supposed to be, so um, Lindsay Hoyle, I believe his name is, he's supposed to be totally and utterly neutral and overseeing the conversations between the left and the right of the house or, or any, other ha- any other party that's in the house. And there they are discussing funding for Ukraine, so obviously that that in itself is something which people should be saying, well, should or shouldn't we do that? Do we support that, yes or no? Uh, but this guy, the Speaker of the House, he is wearing a lapel badge, which is basically uh, a Ukrainian flag. Now, how, how can he possibly be neutral in such a conversation? I mean, this is just one little example. The hypocrisy, in my opinion, bias is so blatant. People watch that on TV. People don't react to it. Am I the only one or was it, it, am I missing the point here?
3: No, I, I, I see it all the time. And, uh, you know, again, the control of perception is the most powerful weapon on the planet. And so that control of perception can be through a monopoly media system. It can be through controlling the politicians uh, so that they don't get to talk about it. Uh, we recently did a, a visualization called, Are, Are You Getting Your News from the CIA? And uh, we've broken down uh, almost two dozen. You know, there's only, there's really, if you think about the mainstream media, the, the CNNs, the NBCs, the BBCs, etc., There's probably about 200 people, at least on the U.S. side, probably more if you added in the BBC. But like, my estimate is there's about 200 people that get to talk about politics or current events or anything like that on a regular basis on TV, (laughs) and over two dozen of them are in the CIA. And I'm working on another visualization called Are You Getting Your Politicians Uh, from uh, the CIA that breaks down – um, in the United States, uh, the World Socialist website uh, did an analysis uh, in 2018 and 2020 where there was an incredible, you know, statistically anomalous surge of either ex-CIA, ex-intelligence agency, ex-military, ex- uh, you know, uh, federal law enforcement, DEA, people like that, that all of a sudden appeared to get funded for congressional campaigns. And so in the United States, there's about 21,000 people that are supposedly, allegedly, reportedly work for the CIA, okay, which means that you've got, if you include, you know, the retirees and, and, and things like that, you've probably got Again, this is an estimate, but one hundred and fifty thousand uh, you know total living ex you know either currently serving or ex uh, you know uh, you know intelligence agency, CIA people. And so statistically, there should be zero in the House of Representatives. Uh, right now, I think that there's either five or six pure CIA folks that have either served or are currently serving or are now running. And then there's almost, there's well, there's like two to three dozen plus, if you expand it to the federal law enforcement and, uh, you know, military and military intelligence, you know, backgrounds that, that have just, you know, statistically anomalously popped starting in 2018 and 2020. And so, uh, you know, this is who gets to talk. You know, besides the you know the the people on TV, the only other people that really get to talk about politics are the congressional critters, and uh, an increasing number of them are quote unquote ex CIA, ex federal law enforcement, ex uh, you know um, uh, military, um, and so uh, so I think that this is this control of perception program, whether it's controlling. Who gets to say what in the House of Commons? Whether it's controlling who gets to say what on the you know the news about current events and world events and what's going on in Ukraine or you know wh- who you know whoever gets to talk about uh, you know uh, COVID and who the e- quote unquote experts are uh, the experts that get to talk about COVID on TV they're all hierarchically controlled through the system where the World Health Organization, and the CDC, and the NIH, and the NIAID, their experts uh, are hierarchically controlling the policy throughout all of the states down to the county and town level, and that control of information is what has gotten us into this, uh, uh, the issue that we've got is that we're being lied to, and we're being deceived on on a kind of, you know, grand scale. Indeed. And what I find absolutely amazing
0: is that even some of the people who can see COVID for what it is, is a yeah, huge scam. Um, well, certainly the pandemic part of it anyway, uh, and maybe all of it. But the point is, even people who can see through that, then straight away their, their attention is taken once again uh, because they're buying into, not all of them, but many of them are buying into the Ukrainian variant, which is what I'm, I'm calling this latest event. Um, and it's it, why, why would you not believe the media and, and you know, social media and the whole machine about this pandemic? And then suddenly straight away, uh, uh, literally almost overnight, uh, earlier this year suddenly focus your attention on, on this Ukrainian issue. And then suddenly everything you hear is, is true. And it, it, that's bizarre how people will go through this reset. So what is it in the mechanism that is resetting people's focus, even when they've seen through you know, the, the illusion of, of, of the pandemic?
3: So, you know, I, 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 I feel sorry for people that don't get it. And to a to degree, you know, I, I have understanding for them because it really is, it's a multi-trillion dollar, system that has been built over decades to control almost every input that the that the human that the majority of human beings on the planet receive with the exception of those that are using the self-directed internet to seek out the what I like to call the authentic voices of the developing alternative media of which you and Aneta and Kinthia are all you know are, are an example of and so finally, finally, through the internet, that this, the knowledge of what is, go, what is really going on is finally starting to get out there because the, you know, the, the information revolution has made it possible uh, for everyone to be a broadcaster. And so if you think about it, you've got really six people controlling six monopoly media corporations running hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries on on one side. I and mean, then you've got another two to three dozen CEOs on that kind of the new internet side. And so those 25 or 20 so people are controlling uh, 90 something percent of the information that the average person receives at the same time that there are hundreds And thousands of new podcasts and websites and blogs and everything else that are reporting exactly what's going on. And these thousands of flowers blooming are are starting to overpower the the mainstream media. And, And also there's a dynamic that people are just turning it off you know, turning off the mainstream media and, and, and like, okay, once you figure out, okay, they're controlling all the channels, they're controlling all of the radio stations, they're controlling all of the newspapers, they're all rolling up into this small handful of companies. Once you get that, you know, that that uh, piece of information, it's hard, you know, once you understand how the magician does the trick, it's hard to get fooled by the trick. And so that's really where I think we are. But to your point, Timothy, you know, there's, there's two Americas, there's two Britons, and there's and uh, and one of them has figured out that the governments and the media are lying, and the other ha- half hasn't. And you can tell who's who by who's wearing a mask.
0: Absolutely, or a lapel badge. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: but
0: the, the other thing is the there is an awful lot of legislation going in at the moment. For example, the European Union has a uh, a bill—I forget the exact name of it—but it's basically designed to prevent freedoms of speech. Um, we've seen a recent bill go through Canada for journalists. Journalists need a license in order to, mm-hmm. to speak freely, and if they don't, if, if what they say is not not suitable according to uh, the government, then they don't get their license, and that's the end of the story. So, so the internet is becoming far more has become essential for the independent voice of the planet. But it seems also that is being now targeted. We have also something in, in the UK, I think it's, again, the exact name, I don't know, but it's something along the lines of um, the Internet Harms Bill or something like this, where um, if, if somebody decides you know, something being said or printed or blogged or, or pod, yeah, broadcast on a podcast, whatever it is, then they can be shut down and they, they can be shut down. Um, and secondly, I, mean, I think they can be quite severely fined as well. So this, this is a clamp down on, on freedom of speech. Um, so I think the, one of the things that's keeping the internet buoyant at the moment is the fact that a lot of people have switched off television. You can see ratings with CNN, CNN Plus, which is a great success story which recently, yeah, the bubble burst, shall we say, the, the bad way a few weeks ago. Well, actually, it, actually, I think it's running even to the end of this month, particularly at the end of this month. But the point is that people don't watch TV like they used to, and so they, they move into other forms of media on the internet. Now, the internet is also there with independent voices. Now, if you cut the internet, you're also going to cut the, the mainstream bullshit as well. So I think that's one of the things is if you cut the internet, you cut the good and the bad, you cut the lies and the truth. So that is one thing I think that is keeping the internet going because after all, it was something created initially by uh, DARPA, I believe. Um, So we shouldn't forget that. One of the things we mentioned earlier, maybe I'd like to hear your comments is what you feel is going on with this Twitter. I mean, personally, you know, it, it's taken so much attention in the media the last week. So what's, what, what are we being distracted from? I think that's the question for Stark.
3: Uh, so, do you have any so, thoughts about Twitter? Oh, do I ever? And so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give a mix of facts and opinion. I always like to tell people what I can prove and what I'm speculating on. And so uh, my, uh, wh- what I think Elon Musk is is I think he's DARPA's uh, guy, that takes technologies that were developed on the tax slave nickel and commercializes them and privatizes the profits. Uh, that's why he's launching rockets for the military. That's why he's got the Boring Company, uh, you know, who was who doing, you know, underground, constructing deep underground military bases. You know, that's military technology, you know, right there. That's why he's got subsidies. That's how PayPal was able to get a banking license when they, you know, got started. Uh, that's how, uh, you know, his father was the, uh, his grandfather was the head of Technocracy Incorporated in Canada. So he was, he was, a, you know, a technocrat. Um, he's tied to uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell, and his brother was actually dating one of uh, Jeffrey Epstein's either girlfriends, hookers, like, you know, like, I don't know what you would, you know, call it. Uh, but that's the, the level that all of these characters are kind of connected at. And so mm-hmm. what I think is, uh, what I think is going on with Twitter is that they're trying to save, uh, you know, one of their top propaganda platforms that allow, you know, by, uh, you know, having just kind of like a switch in ownership to kind of bait and switch people into thinking, you know, that it is, uh, that it is uh, changed hands. Now it's under new management. Now the censorship's going to stop and the censorship, some of the censorship yeah. may stop temporarily, but I will bet any amount of money that within a year to two years time, that it is abundantly clear that Twitter is still censoring people uh, and that, you know, that, that it's still a control of perception program. He's bringing back in the same CEO. It was announced uh, today that Jack Dorsey. I think it was announced today or maybe yesterday that Jack Dorsey is coming back in. So he's going to bring in the same CEO that was censoring to get rid of the censorship. It's, it, it is to me the same. The same dream team. Yeah, same go. dream team. And he wants to. He, and he wants to microchip you. And he was. Yeah. He's pro vaccine. And and so all these people. That think that you know that Elon Musk is a good guy. You know, uh, I hope your uh, your kids don't go get the Neuralink when you're not looking. You know, because it's being sold as the coolest thing in tech or whatever. Uh, he's trying to you know stick a microchip in everybody's brain. It's madness to think that this guy's on our side. It is. I, I totally agree. I, I think
0: he's he's one of the if you want to use the state deep state terminology. I think he's a deep state one of the deep state's golden boys. It basically is doing sleight of hand. Uh And even the way that it was last week or whenever it was when Vanguard said, oh, we're going to come in, we're going to buy it. And everyone's like, oh, you can almost hear the booze in the background and the crowd and the audience like, oh, no. And then Elon comes in and puts three more billion or whatever it is to make it a 44 billion takeover. Like, oh, hooray, look, now we have a hero again. And I'm going to get straight on Twitter. Now, yes, maybe the illusion of free speech is there. But of course, they still have the power to censor and select and also monitor and forget every single tweet that occurs.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: And the other thing is when these accounts were unlocked, I think also there'll be millions of uh, bot accounts unlocked as well. So are there now, you know, millions of uh, AI type accounts reactivated, which are then farming and uh, information from people so i don't think there's anything like the reality that they're painting on, 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 the, on the media he's not a hero he's, mm-hmm. he's just a sleight of hand golden boy in my opinion I, I admire some of the things that are coming out of the technology the starship i think i'm fascinated i'm following that but i don't believe half of the hype they, they give about it mm-hmm. um but I'm still quite impressed to see this huge rocket and it would be great to see if it actually does fly. I have to say, I, I'm fascinated, but I, it's certainly not capable of taking a hundred people to Mars and anybody who believes that totally you know insane or probably wearing a mask in the first place. But it's,
7: this,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, who, who else would you say are, are golden boys, if I may sort of present that? Um, Well, I mean,
3: so, so, you know, Facebook appears to be a a DARPA program called LifeLog that uh, shut down the day before Facebook was, you know, was um, uh, was launched literally the day before. And then Google, uh, we break down very, very clearly in the so everything in the book, government, the biggest scam in history exposed is backed up by uh, we initially had an eight gigabit credit card size flash drive we expanded it to 16 gigabit to cover uh you know more information with the when, when we released the fifth edition of the book we're going to take it up to 32 uh gigabytes and so the mm. goal you know the the, the the they are going to turn off the internet they are going to heart begin hard censoring taking down domains Uh, You know, things like that. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to get all of the best evidence of government illegitimacy and criminality, you know, onto this uncensorable, you know, uh, you know, credit card size flash drive that you can keep in your wallet and go. And we've got people that are buying, you know, commodity cheap, you know, USB drives off eBay, taking their liberator, copying them. And then giving you know, copies of it to their friends. So there's no way that this system is going to be able to stop this signal. But on that flash drive, I've got right now uh, that you can get for free at government-scam.com forward slash liberator. You can download it from our Dropbox. You've got an article Excellent. called How the CIA Made Google. And it goes into the exact programs the Highland Forum, Incutel, et cetera, that Google came out of, and that Google—the word on the street, I, like that's a—that's that, a fact that it came out of, you know, the Highland Forums, and they got, uh, you know, help and funding from DARPA, and they were funded, you know, they—they they received money from uh, a, a company called NQTEL, which is the CIA's venture capital arm, so that they can take government money and privatize the profits you know, through companies that they invest in, that they, you know, know that they're going to invest in so that they buy, you know, the appropriate shares before they give them, you know, multi, you know, million-dollar contracts and things of that nature. But, like, that's all a fact. The rumor in Washington, D.C. is that Google, uh, or at least part of the algorithms that run Google, were the original algorithms that the NSA was using to sift through something called uh, Echelon, and Echelon mm-hmm. was a program that they were running around the world. If you've ever walked past a United States embassy in a foreign country and seen all the radio masts and, and microwave you know, receivers and things that are on the top of the in- in- embassy, that is scooping up all uh, – they've been scooping up all of you know, uh, you know faxes, telecommunications, transatlantic cables – et cetera, and that the algorithms that they were using to search and parse all of the information that was in the, that was in the, from the Echelon program, that became Google. Now, I can't prove that, but I can to a degree prove, you know, the part about the DARPA funding and the part funding. That's kind of like now, kind of like open knowledge. But uh, uh, they're controlling algorithmically the information that society receives, and they're doing it through these companies that have been funded with unlimited banker capital to consolidate and monopolize their little corner of the information food chain. So whether that's Google, whether that's Reddit, whether that's Facebook, whether that's Netflix, whether that's... You know, uh, um, Snopes. Whether that's Wikipedia. Whether that's uh, oh, what somebody this week? W- Wikipedia just took down. What did they take down? They just censored somebody this week. Just crazy. Oh, they said that the Hunter lap. Was it the Hunter Biden laptop that they that they took off and said it was different disinformation? But the level of kind of obvious. It, it was Rosemont Seneca. It was Rosemont Seneca. Thank you. Absolutely. It was Rosemont Seneca. So they literally purged the evidence of Hunter Biden's involvement in Chinese money laundering to his dad through their firm Rosemont Seneca off of Wikipedia saying it wasn't important. Come on. It's the, the level of – I mean it's, it's Soviet Union Pravda level disinformation that we're facing and it's becoming obvious to everybody that's paying attention that the government and the media are now lying, and I just love it. Well, it,
0: it, a lot of things are coming to the surface, that's for sure. This is uh, – I don't think we ever imagined it would be uh, so effervescent as, as things are today. So where do you see it going? And we have a very short time, actually, before the end of the show. But Where do you see um, – Humanity rising. What, what do you see as the next step, though, to,
3: yeah. To right now, I see the a race. I see a race. So the, the, the food shortages, the engineered supply chain disruptions. So if you've got a, a billionaire and trillionaire class that is running a eugenics program on the population... You can get, you can kill so many people with the vaccines, but there's a lot of people that aren't going to fall for it. And so I think what we're seeing right now is we're seeing this intergenerational organized crime system trying to knock all the pieces off the board so that the, so the posse, okay, that's saddling up and saying that figured out who robbed the bank and is now pointing at the bankers and the government puppets and the media puppets, et cetera, uh, I don't think they want them well capitalized and safe and secure in their homes. I think they're trying to knock all of the pieces off the board. And so now we're in a race. Can we expose it before they do that? Or are they going to knock all the pieces off the board and force everybody into uh, a grid down economic collapse and then try and reboot it on central bank, programmable central bank digital currencies. That's where Mm -hmm. I think we are. Excellent. Well, I I think also they
0: highly clumsy along the way as well. And they're exposing themselves without even realizing it. uh... Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, we're at the end of the show at the end. And uh, so despite the initial unpleasant realization of the truth, you will see there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is an increasing number of respected journalists, writers, politicians, doctors, lawyers, influencers, artists, activists, healers, and innovators who are wide awake and are already making great impact all they require from you is to unplug from mainstream and social media propaganda to make your own independent research to stop acquiescing and stand up for what you believe in with respect to others. Remember, you were born with power and you wake up each day with power. It is entirely up to you how you choose to retain or give it away. You've been listening to another live broadcast with the other side of the news. This 97th edition is entitled Humanity Rising and remains available at www.theothersideofthenews.com My name is Timothy Saunders and together with Kim Kintia and a special thanks to our return guest Etienne Labisey Squared, our listeners, contributors and our sound engineer Keith Morgan. We wish you all a very positive week and look forward to reconnecting with you next Friday. Good night.